Hey everybody, it's Altanya. Happy New Year and welcome to another edition of Altanya's Library. Thanks so much for joining me. Well, it's 2022 and like always, I'm feeling very positive about what this year can bring. And you know, I'm sure I'm not alone when I say I hope there are some things that will be taken away. Let's get some things out of here. But um, you know, while we power through all the negative, it's great to know that we can lose ourselves in great films, phenomenal books, and some really outstanding TV. So speaking of outstanding TV, I have come across some pretty terrific shows, of course, <laughs> and books over the holidays. Uh, and we'll check those out after this. And we're back. So I fell in love with um, a lot of stuff over the break. Um, I watched um, more than, I fell in love with two shows that I want to talk about today, but I, you know, I watched more than two shows, but um, these two really, really stuck uh, with me. Um, I also got some reading out of the way. Uh, one is an old story that never gets old. And the other is a new book that I enjoyed a lot. So uh, starting with the shows, both were on Netflix. I do want to halt here for a second because um, there was another show that I will talk about on a later um a later broadcast, but um, true story. I have to say, uh, if you haven't watched it, it was on Netflix. It was um, Wesley Snipes and Kevin Hart and uh, just excellent. I'm not going to say much more about it. I'll talk about it later, but I just had to put that in there. So, but the two shows that I want to talk about today, um, the first was called The Sinner. And I came across this one a while back and I put it on my to watch list, but I never, you know, went back to it. And while scrolling through Netflix, it popped up again and the trailer just started playing and I was intrigued. I still wasn't too sure I'd really, you know, get into it, but I was curious enough to uh, give it a look and whoa, I, you know, I want to say, I think there are like eight episodes per season and there are three seasons and uh, each season is set up to focus on a different main character um, like each season is like the name of the season is that that main character's name um, I'll be honest here uh, seasons one and two were spectacular season three kind of lost me um, but uh, season one if you if you only watch season one I mean season one is unreal uh, Jessica Beale was in the lead role and she plays this normal housewife who, you know, one day kills a man, a complete stranger at the beach for no reason, just, just stabs him. I mean, it's brutal. It was a brutal crime in the midst of tons of witnesses, including her husband, her husband and young son. And um, she admits to the crime and she's taken away in cuffs. And you think that's all there is like, you know, you know, where can this show possibly go from here? She's admitted it. Everyone's seen her. But and that's just the first episode. 
So much is packed, though, into that brief window of time where the crime occurs. But until you start unraveling the season, you don't realize how many clues you've been given. I um, I honestly don't know that I've ever watched a more twisted show. Um, you will not be disappointed with season one. So I'm, I'm just letting you know. Get yourself involved. The next show, uh, I actually watched this one more than twice. I, well, I watched it twice. It's like I finished the season um, and then I watched it again. I think, I can't remember now. I think there were like seven, eight episodes, I want to say. Um, funny thing, this one was also on my to-watch list. It's been on there for a very long time. And I just never felt ready to watch it. You know, so again, I'm scrolling and the trailer plays and I'm there. Um, I'm just like, yeah, I got to watch this. The show is called Young Wallander and it's out of Sweden. Now, there are no subtitles, though. It's all primarily English speaking. Um, the show focuses on a rookie cop who witnesses a brutal crime in the parking lot of his apartment building. And so, you know, one of his neighbors is accused and because Wallander knows the guy and believes he can't be capable of such an act, he gets caught up into investigating what really happened. Um, the crime itself and why it occurred is very gripping. But with this show, I gotta tell you, I just fell in love with the characters here. Um, the guy playing Wallander, I just love him so, uh, you know, honestly, I honestly think he may be really young, but I think one day he, he's Bond material. He, I'm just going to put it out there. He is Bond material to me. Um, I think he was so adorable. And the characters surrounding him, you know, it was just a very engaging and diverse cast. Um, and, and that's a lot of it. It was a really diverse cast. Um and there were so many great storylines with each character, the setting and the music. Seriously, guys, the music was so, so good. Um, all I can say here is watch episode one. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Um, now, I will say this, though. The last episode does end kind of strangely, but I think that's because they're looking at a second season. Um no word. I haven't found anything on when that might happen, but the strange ending doesn't take away from how good the show is. So give it a try. Now on to the books. I said the first was an old story that never gets old, and that was The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring by J.R.R. Tolkien. If you follow me on Twitter or Instagram, I remarked on how often I watch the trilogy. I own the extended versions of the films, so I watch them often, like often, often. <laughs> but until this past holiday season, I never read the books. And... There's so many little curious things that get said in the films um, or, you know, referred to in the films that I know the answers lie in the pages of the books. So um, I made it my business to start answering some of my questions. The story is, of course, wonderful, uh, but prepare yourself for a lot of poems and songs uh, that sometimes seem to have absolutely nothing to do with the plot of the story. Um, 
but wonderful anyways. Uh, still, it, it's, you know, it's just a reading experience like no other. And, um, you know, I truly enjoyed my return to Middle Earth uh, literary style. The second story is a new book by a fairly new author. It's uh, The Missing Piece of Charlie O'Reilly by Rebecca K.S. Ansari. Um, and this is a young adult. No, actually it's classified as a middle grades book. I don't read a lot of middle grades books, but the ones I've read have been excellent and this was no exception. I was just very drawn to its overview and so I had to find out more. It's the story of a 12 year old, um, I think that's his age, so Charlie O'Reilly uh, is his name, and he seems to be the only one who remembers that he's got a nine-year-old brother named Liam. And Liam happens to be missing, but no one is missing him. I mean, his parents aren't missing him. The neighbors aren't missing him. I mean, there aren't any pictures of him around the house. Any evidence of his existence is gone or just never existed. And Charlie is the only one who's sure his brother is gone. And I mean, it's so bad that his, his parents have Charlie in therapy because of it. Uh, the only one who is sort of on his side in this whole thing is his best friend, Anna. But Anna doesn't, you know, remember Liam either. And then one day, Charlie gets proof that he isn't going crazy. And we're off. The story just goes from there. Um, reading this story, I couldn't believe it was a middle grades book, given how involved it was now but i don't read a lot of middle grades books so maybe they are this involved but it was just you know there were there were some instances for it that kind of flagged with me but um you know kind of dragged a bit but overall it was just an excellent story very well done um and the explanation or what happened is so outrageous it's so good um when i say outrageous i mean really good many times i was just you know like reading it with my mouth hanging open i was just that gripped by the creativity of it all. So um, an enjoyable story, lots of stuff to unpack here, you know, in this in this story. So, you know, if you really want to open a door, speaking as a parent myself, I mean, if you really want to open a door to having conversations with your kid, um, this could be a great catalyst for that. Um, it touches on so many subjects, so I highly recommend it, um, you know, um, I remember reading the book Wonder with my son back when he was in middle school. You know, he's a grown guy now. So, but back then, and I remember when we were reading that book, kind of just talking about some of the things that were, were in there. And so when I say it's, you know, you can use books to opening doors to having certain conversations with your kids, um, even though mine is grown now. Um, but when he was at that age, um, they were really helpful tools. So some, it's some, the story is one I highly recommend and using that, that device um, books as a conversation piece, uh, I highly recommend that too. So this is actually a fabulous segue into the topic of today's show. Um, so I'm a Potterhead and proud of it. My house is Ravenclaw, so deal with it. <laughs> and if you're a fan like me, then you've already seen the 20th anniversary Return to Hogwarts special. If you're a huge fan like me, then you watched it first thing on New Year's Day when it aired on HBO Max. Um, 
I enjoyed this so much. And I will admit there were tears pressuring when it all started and everyone was receiving their letters to return. And, you know, Emma Watson, I'm just going to call her Hermione for the rest of the show. Um, she was you know, walking into the great hall and just, you know, just memories. Now, um, I was not a kid when the Harry Potter book series and films came out. I was a grown woman with a new baby, a fact that you know, my sister finds hilarious 20 years later. Uh, she finds it very funny that I'm one of those adults who, you know, just revert to being a big kid when it comes to a lot of things, um, but especially Harry Potter. So the story of how I first heard about Harry Potter. So it was sometime in, I think early 2001, and I was coming back from the grocery store one day. Um, my son couldn't have been more than one. He wasn't one yet, I don't think, but he was home uh, with his dad. And for you moms out there, this was one of those rare times when I had a moment to myself. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Taking an extra few minutes to get out of the car or escape into the bathroom for some quiet time. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, um, I was in the car and it had to be early morning because um, the Tom Joyner morning show was on. I don't know how many of you have ever listened, but um, yeah, it's really great morning show. The Tom Joyner morning show was on and I remember Mr. Joyner was talking about his nephew who I think was nine at the time and I'm not sure whether he was an avid reader or not but he was once he discovered Harry Potter. So there was this discussion between Tom and Sybil. Sybil was his co-host um, about the book series and how there were concerns from parents, you know, some parents, because it was about magic and all that. And, you know, they were talking about the films that were starting to be made and how the films would probably just take the series to greater heights. So I listened and, you know, thought how interesting it all sounded. You know, I got my groceries, went inside the house and forgot all about Harry Potter until sometime in 2002, I think. I was at home and I remember it was a late night. I, I was writing. I hadn't been published yet, but I didn't care. And I was writing all the time and I had quite a lot of material to my credit. Um, uh, the guy was in his crib. So, you know, yes, more mommy time, you know. So like I said, it's late and uh, time for a break, really time for a break. So, of course, I'm settling in to find a good movie. I hit HBO and there's um, Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone, depending on where you are. Anyway, um, the movie had already started, but whatever scene it was, it it stopped me and the remote went down and I was riveted, just riveted. Um, so like I said, this was sometime in 2002. I couldn't just hit replay and have the movie start over. So I waited until HBO scheduled it again. And at that time I watched it in its entirety, you know, riveted again and just so in love with all of it. And then I proceeded to watch it every time it came on. <laughs> Every time I could catch it. And um, yeah, that was the start of my love affair with all things Harry Potter.
So out of the entire film series, um, my favorite is The Chamber of Secrets. And a lot of that is probably probably because uh, it was the first film I actually saw in the theater because uh, I, I missed the first one. So um, more of why I love it, though, is um, related to what was happening with Harry in the film. Um, everything he did was turning out wrong. You know, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Nearly every time somebody got petrified, <laughs> people thought he was the heir of Slytherin. And, you know, for you non-Harry Potter fans, that was not a good thing to be. Um, he got detention, broke his arm, thought he'd killed Dumbledore's bird. I mean, just everything was going wrong. And at the time, at that time in my life, um, the, the time in my life, you know, when I saw Chamber of Secrets, I could kind of relate to some of what he was, you know, feeling. Uh, now, none of the things that happened to Harry happened to me, thank goodness, but I was a new mom and, you know, kind of at the time, just, just feeling a little down on myself sometimes. You know, I wasn't working a regular job uh, at the time I was writing, but that wasn't a paycheck being earned. Um, and not working a, a nine to five was a very foreign concept to me. You know, I wasn't used to being in a home all day. Um, yes, my son was a job and a half, <laughs> even though, you know, he, he was the best. I, I can say that now. He was the best, best baby. Once he got his days and nights together, he was a sleeper, I'm telling you. And he, and he could play so nicely by himself. He was just great. Right. Um, but, you know, even still, that kind of life wasn't what I was used to. And everything was just in a in a different place then, you know, and I was feeling like uh, I tried everything and it just wasn't working. Everything I you know, tried to do wasn't working. No one was interested in the books yet. Um, I couldn't find anybody that was hiring for those regular nine to fives. I did. And then, you know, having a you know, new baby, you got to really focus it on the, the jobs you take can't be certain times, you know, I don't want to be working at night and then missing out on my child, you know, just a lot. Um, Chamber of Secrets actually, you know, shares a place in my heart with Spider-Man 2. Yeah, big, big shift here in the conversation. Uh, and I'm talking about Spider-Man 2, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man 2. Um, which is like my second favorite superhero movie of all time after Superman. And I'm talking about Christopher Reeves, Superman. Uh, so, you know, in Spider-Man 2, Toby's life, for those of you who know the, sh the movie, um, Toby's life is going through a similar upheaval. You know, he's not doing good in school. MJ is big on Broadway and about to get married to this cute astronaut, you know, and he loses his job. And it's just one thing after another. So, you know, Spider-Man 2 and Chamber of Secrets, you know, two films that are both so extraordinarily different and yet in some ways similar. And they just, you know, spoke so strongly to me um, and how things in my life were affecting me. So, yeah, at that time in my life, they had a big impact on me, big, wonderful impact. Reading the books. So fast forward a number of years and I'm in a better place. I've been traditionally published and I now share my love of writing with a new love, which is librarianship. 
So I'm still a, a Harry Potter fan, a film fan. I still hadn't dived into the books. Um, I think if my son had been older when I first heard of the series, I'd have started reading a lot sooner than I did, but it didn't happen that way. Instead, I got into the series at the insistence of a co-worker. Um, thanks, Annette. <laughs> she went on and on every day about how brilliant the stories were, and she would not stop. And I loved the way she went on about them because I loved the film so much. So we had some really enthusiastic conversations about the, the whole universe, the, the whole wizarding world. And, you know, you have to understand we were working in tech services. So um, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with library speak, um, working in a library, we, we were working in a library, but not with the public. Uh, tech services is the behind the scenes crew. You know, all those shiny books and magazines and electronic resources you guys love is the tech services folk who make a lot of that really yeah, all that possible. So um, you're welcome. <laughs> so um, back there, you know, we chatted often and books were our topic of choice. So, you know, of course we had the titles in our library's collection. Um, so it wasn't hard to, to, to get one and, you know, start reading. Um, I want to say that at the time, the next film slated to release then was Goblet of Fire. So that was the film I was waiting on while I read Sorcerer's Stone. So that's the first book, you know, and Goblet of Fire was like the fourth book. So let me just tell you, by the time Goblet of Fire, the film released, I was I was done reading Goblet of Fire, done with it. I, I just inhaled these books so much. So while Chamber of Secrets is my favorite of the films, Goblet of Fire is my favorite of the books. And when um, when the last book, Deathly Hallows, released, um, my son was in elementary school and, you know, he, as kids do sometimes, he had a tendency to roll his eyes when I went on and on about books. So there were books that he liked, but I guess he didn't think the books that I like could possibly be books he'd like, or he just didn't like it at all. So um, the Deathly Hallows release uh, was a major, major event. Um, a lot of you may remember how big it was. Our Barnes and Noble, um, like many other bookstores across the country, um, had a huge event the day the book came out. Um, and I remember getting off work early and taking the guy with me to see, you know, how loved this book was. So. Um, the way our store handled it was you had to get in line to get in line. Yeah, and weird, I know, right? But you know what you did was you had to stand in line to get a wristband. And I believe the, the bands were color coded to indicate what time you should come back to the store to get your book you know, later in the evening. So, that, you know, this was all so that the store employees wouldn't just be slammed with customers. Because I mean, there were hundreds of folks in that line. And I remember telling the guy that this was all for a book. And I could remember how excited he was, you know, the look on his face while he watched all these people laughing, talking, and decked out in, you know, Harry Potter finery, you know, the, 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 the hats, you know, capes, you know, and the excitement, you know, just continued on into the evening when we came back to get our book. Um, I gotta tell you, um, 
is one of my favorite parenting memories. Uh, you know, I inhaled Deathly Hallows in one weekend, read it, you know, monstrous book, read it in one weekend because I just didn't want anyone um, spoiling it for me when I went to work on Monday. Um, I want to say that that was the same weekend that The Sopranos ended. So, you know, I was a huge Soprano fan. So I, you know, took a break to that. But yeah, you know, I finished the book in, in one weekend. Harry over the years. So now I'm a longtime owner of the film series and the books. You know, my goal is to buy all the animated books and reread the series because those animated books are gorgeous. Um, I watch the films all the time. I mean, all the time. Uh, barely a few weeks go by before I'm rewatching the series. Uh, most of the time I let one of the films just lull me to sleep. You know, seriously, they're just like, you know, cozy blankets, you know. Yeah, this is me, guys. I'm I'm just a nut job. <laughs> I'm really hoping though, um, that they'll release that that one day they'll release the extended versions of the films, which are incredible. I I just can't believe someone hasn't thought of all the money that could be made here. Um, you know, and just make this happen. But maybe in time, who knows? I recently discovered that um, there was a scene filmed with Hermione and Crumb at Bill and Fleur's wedding in Deathly Hallows 1. So, you know, I really want to see that. Somebody, you know, make the extended scenes release happen, please. So as I said, the anniversary special was wonderful and really got the emotions going. It was as beautiful and magical as the films. Um, the kids have all grown up to be so lovely. You know, I always marvel at how everything just seemed to go so right during the long years of those films being in production. Uh, they lost Richard Harris as Dumbledore after Chamber of Secrets, um, but no one else. Everyone came back year after year uh, until it was all done. And that doesn't happen often. And I know that there were some uh, who didn't know that they were going to make it. You know, the, the, the series just blew up and fame and all that comes with that, you know, was hard. Um, makes it hard to, to keep going when you've got all those pressures. Um, but they managed to do it, you know. I don't know how true this is, but I think they're supposed to be doing a film production of The Cursed Child. I don't know for sure. I just saw something that could not be, could or could not be true. Um, now I will say, I wasn't a big fan of that book, but I think that they've done, they, the stage production has been very successful. So I'm a bigger fan of the Fantastic Beasts series. I'm so looking forward to seeing where that thing goes. Um, I did see The Crimes of Grindelwald twice. So yeah, I'm a fan. <laughs> um, I am really looking forward to The Secrets of Dumbledore, but um, that's a conversation for another time. Well, folks, that's my show. Thanks so very much for listening to me ramble on. I hope you were both entertained and informed. Be sure to check in next time when I'll be sharing more reader mail, as well as my latest favorites in books, shows, and films. Seriously, you know, guys, things are tough, but we got to find ways to keep pressing on and moving forward. 
Um, I do wish you all the best things in 2022. And until next time, keep reading.